Blog Talk Radio. Everybody and welcome to another episode of Trundle Bed Tales. I am your host, Sarah Utah, and find me all around the web under Trundle Bed Tales. And I am going to skip our housekeeping really today, although I will mention that we are going to have this year's Laura Ingalls Wilder's birthday party on February 7th, like we do every year. I hope you will tune in then, or you can let me know ahead of time through uh, any of the social media platforms or by email at info at trundlebedtales.com if you have a story you would like to share. Now, uh, I had originally planned to do a totally different episode of the podcast today, and one that I actually had been prepping for when I saw that today is, in fact, World Read Aloud Day, which I I have to say, if they have one flaw, it's that they are not good at advertising that event ahead of time. Or maybe I'm just not in any of their feeds, but it just never seems to show up. So it's always a surprise. Um, It's usually sometimes... Uh, around this point in year, but since it was read aloud day, I decided that I better shift and instead read aloud to you, which is why we're not going to do the chat room or any questions. Uh, I had originally thought of reading uh, the only novel that Laura mentions by name in uh, the Little House book. There is a, a second book of short stories mentioned. Uh, in a book of poetry, but uh, this is the only novel. Uh, But honestly, I have been, um, I just think what everybody needs right now instead of some of that book, which is very melodramatic, is to instead have something light and fluffy. So last year, I was having some issues well, maybe it was even the year before. I didn't look at some dates. But any, anyway, I was having some issues with my microphone, and I did a series of 10-minute episodes, a reading from Thornton W. Burgess's Mother West Wind's Children. And I'm going to pick up where I left off from that. If you want to read the first two stories in the book or listen to them online, you can find them earlier in the feed. Uh, today's story is why Peter Rabbit's ears are long. Now, uh, if you are unfamiliar with Burgess, he wrote his stories as a uh, column, a continuing column. This one is actually a series of short stories. Uh, most of them are it's a continuing story. And at the end, at the beginning of each section, he recaps what happened last time. And at the end, he gives a teaser. So I think they're great stories for reading out loud. They came out uh, in the 1910s for the most part, 
And Burgess is also well known for being a very famous conservationist. And so even though the animals in the, the story are a little uh, anamorphized, uh, they act like people a little bit. They, not all of them, but a lot of them, most of them probably wear clothes. Um, they, when they have dinners, they eat at little tables and chairs, things like that. But on the whole, the relationships between the animals, the types of things they like to eat um, are all very accurate. And it all describes a setting, which is Little Green Meadows and the Green Forest uh, in the upper Midwest somewhere, although um, some animals from other areas uh, move in with the idea that they are moving. Uh, there, and the animals, uh, of course, talk and stuff. So I really like these. When I was a little kid, Hazel Westgate, who was the longtime children's librarian at the Iowa City Public Library, strongly uh, encouraged us to read these, and I just adored her. And I really have to say that if I have a role model as a librarian, uh, it was Hazel Westgate. She was really a, a great librarian. And I put flowers on her grave every year because really she didn't have much of a, she didn't really have a family around here much, but she sort of devoted her whole life to the children of Iowa City and I hope people remember her. So with that, let us get into why Peter Rabbit's ears are long, and I hope you enjoy it. Chapter 3. The merry little breezes of old Mother Westwind were tired. Ever since she had turned them out of her big bag into the green meadows early that morning, they had romped and played tag and chased butterflies, while old Mother Westwind herself went to hunt for a rain cloud which had wandered away before it had watered the thirsty little plants who were bravely trying to keep the green meadows lovely and truly green. Jolly, round, red Mr. Sun bore his broadest smile, and the more he smiled, the warmer it grew. Mr. Sun is never thirsty himself, never the least little bit, or perhaps he would have helped old Mother Westwood find the wandering rain cloud. The merry little breezes threw themselves down at the edge of the smiling pool where the rushes grew tall, and there they took turns rocking the cradle that held Mrs. Redwing's four babies. Pretty soon, one of the Merry Little Breezes, peeping through the rushes, spied Peter Rabbit sitting up very straight on the edge of the green meadows. His long ears were pointed straight up, his big eyes were wide open, and he seemed to be looking and listening with a great deal of curiosity. I wonder why it is that Peter Rabbit had such long ears, said the merry little breeze. Chugarum, replied a great deep voice right behind him. All the merry little breezes jumped up and ran through the rushes to the very edge of the smiling pool. There on a great green lily pad sat great grandfather frog, his hands folded across his white and yellow waistcoat and his green coat shining thick and span. Chugarum, said Grandfather Frog. Oh, Grandfather Frog, cried the merry little breezes all together. 
do tell us why it is that Peter Rabbit has such long ears. Grandfather Frog cleared his throat. <clears> throat> he looked to the east and cleared his throat again. <clears> throat> then he looked to the west and cleared his throat. <clears> throat> he looked to the north and he looked to the south. And each time he cleared his throat, <clears> throat> but said nothing. Finally, he folded his hands once more over his white and yellow waistcoat, and looking straight up at jolly, round, red Mr. Sun, he remarked in his very deepest voice, and to no one in particular, If I had four fat, foolish, green flies, it is just possible that I might remember how it happens that Peter Rabbit had such long ears. Then up jumped all the merry little breezes, and away they raced. Some of them went to the east, some of them went west, some of them went north, some of them went south, all looking for fat, foolish green flies for Grandfather Frog. By and by, they came skipping back one by one to the edge of the smiling pool, each with a fat, foolish green fly, and each stopping to give Mrs. Redwing's cradle a gentle push. When Grandfather Frog had swallowed all the fat, foolish green flies brought by the merry little breezes, he settled himself comfortably on his big green lily pad once more and began. Once upon a time, very long ago, when the world was young, Mr. Rabbit, not our Peter Rabbit, but his great-grandfather a thousand times removed, had short ears like all the other meadow people, and also four legs were all the same length just exactly the same length. Now, Mr. Rabbit had a great deal of curiosity, a very great deal indeed. He was forever pushing his prying little nose in other people's affairs, which, you know, is a most unpleasant habit. In fact, Mr. Rabbit had become a nuisance. Whenever Billy Mink stopped to pass the time of day with Jerry Muskrat, they were sure to find Mr. Rabbit standing close by listening to all they said. If Johnny Chuck's mother ran over to have a few minutes chat with Jimmy Skunk's mother, the first thing they knew, Mr. Rabbit would be squatting down in the grass right between them. The older he grew, the worse Mr. Rabbit became. He would spend his evenings going from house to house, tiptoeing softly up to the windows to listen to what the folks inside were saying. And the more he heard, the more Mr. Rabbit's curiosity grew. Now, like most people who meddle in other folks' affairs, Mr. Rabbit had no time to attend to his own business. His cabbage patch grew up to weeds, his house leaked, his fences fell to pieces, and altogether his was the worst-looking place in the green meadows. Worse still, Mr. Rabbit was a troublemaker. He just couldn't keep his tongue still, and like most gossips, he never could tell the exact truth. Dear me, dear me, said Grandfather Frog, shaking his head solemnly. Things have come to a dreadful pass on the Green Meadows. Reddy Fox and Bobby Coon never met without fighting. Jimmy Skunk and Johnny Chuck turned their backs on each other. Jerry Muskrat, Little Joe Otter, and Billy Mink called each other bad names, all because Mr. Rabbit had told so many stories that were not true. Now, when Old Mother Nature visited the Green Meadows, she soon saw what a dreadful state all the meadow people were in, and she began to inquire how it all came about. 
It's all because of Mr. Rabbit, said Reddy Fox. No one is to blame but Mr. Rabbit, said Striped Chipmunk. Everywhere old Mother Nature required it was the same. Mr. Rabbit, Mr. Rabbit, Mr. Rabbit. So then old Mother Nature sent for blustering great Mr. Northwind, who is very strong, and she sent for Mr. Rabbit. Mr. Rabbit trembled in his shoes when he got old Mother Nature's message. He would have liked to run away and hide, but he did not dare do that, for he knew there was nowhere he could hide from Mother Nature. She would not find him sooner or later. And besides, his curiosity would give him no peace. He just had to know what old Mother Nature wanted. So Mr. Rabbit put on his best suit, which was still very shabby, and set out for the Lone Pine to see what old Mother Nature wanted. And when he got there, he found all the little people of the Green Meadows and all the little folks of the Green Forest there before him. There were Reddy Fox, Johnny Chuck, Striped Chipmunk, Happy Jack Squirrel, Mr. Black Snake, Old Mr. Crow, Sammy Jay, Billy Mink, Little Joe Otter, Jerry Muskrat, Spotty the Turtle, Old King Bear, and his cousin, Mr. Raccoon, and all the other little people. When he saw all who had gathered under the lone pine and how they all looked crossly at him, Mr. Rabbit was so frightened that his heart went, and he wanted more than ever to run away, but he didn't dare to. No, sir, he didn't dare to. And then he was so curious to know what it all meant that he wouldn't have run if he had dared. Old Mother Nature made Mr. Rabbit sit up on an old log where all could see him. And then she turned, then in turn she asked each present who was the cause of all the trouble on the Green Meadows. And in each turn they answered, Mr. Rabbit. Mr. Rabbit, said Old Mother Nature, you are lazy, for your cabbage patch has gone to weed. You are shiftless, for your house leaks. You are a sneak, for you creep up where you are not wanted and listen to things which do not concern you. You are a thief, for you steal the secrets of others. You are a prevaricator, for you tell things which are not so. Mr. Rabbit, you are all of these, a lazy, shiftless sneak thief and prevaricator. It was dreadful. Mother Nature paused, and Mr. Rabbit felt so ashamed. He did not look up, but he felt, he just felt all the eyes of all the little meadow people and the forest folk burning right through him. So he hung his head, and two great tears fell. Flash, flash right at his feet. You see, Mr. Rabbit wasn't altogether bad. It was just this dreadful curiosity. Old Mother Nature knew this, and down in her heart, she loved Mr. Rabbit and was oh so sorry for him. Mr. Rabbit, continued Old Mother Nature, because your curiosity is so great, your ears shall be made long that everyone who sees you may know that it is not safe to talk when you are near. Because you are a sneak and steal up to people unseen, your hind legs shall be made long so that whenever you sit up straight, you will be tall and everyone can see you. 
And whenever you run, you will go in great jumps, and everyone will know who it is running away. And because you are shipwrecked and your house leaks, you will hereafter live in a hole in the ground. Then old Mother Nature took Mr. Rabbit by his two ears, and big, strong Mr. Northwind took Peter Rabbit by his hind legs, and they both pulled. And when they had put him down, Peter Rabbit's ears and his hind legs were long, many times longer than they used to be. And when he tried to run away and hide his shame, he found that he could only go with great jumps. And you may be sure he jumped as fast as he could. And ever since that long ago time when the world was young, rabbits have had long ears and long hind legs, all because of the curiosity of their grandfather a thousand times removed. And now you know why Peter Rabbit's ears are long and why he is always sitting up and listening, concluded great-grandfather Frog. Thank you, thank you, Grandfather Frog, shouted all the Merry Little Breezes and raced away to help Old Mother West Wind drive up the wandering rain cloud which she had found at last. And that is only about halfway through the 30 minutes, so I'm going to go ahead and read the next chapter. Chapter 4, Reddy Fox Disobeys. On the brow of the hill by the lone pine sat Reddy Fox. Every few minutes, he pointed his little black nose up at the round, sweet Mistress Moon and barked, oh! way over across the broad white meadows, which in summertime are green, you know. In the dooryard of Farmer Brown's house, Bowser the Hound sat and barked at Mrs. Mistress Moon, too. Yep, 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 barked Reddy Fox as loud as he could. Oh, wow, wow said Bowser the Hound in his deepest voice. Then both would listen and watch the million little stars twinkle and twinkle in the frosty sky. Now just why Reddy Fox should bark at Mistress Moon, he did not know. He just had to. Every night for a week he had sat at the foot of a lone pine and barked and barked until his throat was sore. Every night old Mother Fox had warned him that noisy children would come to no good end and every night Reddy had promised he would bark no more. But every night when the first silver flood of witching light crept over the hill and cast strange shadows from the naked branches of the trees, Reddy forgot all about his promise. Deep down under his little red coat was a strange feeling which he could not explain. He simply must bark. And so up to the lone pine he would go and yep and yep and yep until all the little meadow people who were not asleep knew just where Reddy Fox was. Bowser the Hound knew too, and he made up his mind that Reddy Fox was making fun of him. Now Bowser did not like to be made fun of more than little boys and girls do. And he made up his mind that if he could ever break his chain or that if Farmer Brown forgot to chain him up, he would teach Reddy Fox a lesson that Reddy would never forget. Yep, 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 barked Reddy Fox. And then listened to hear Bowser's deep voice reply. But this time, there was no reply. Reddy listened and listened, and then he tried again. Way off on a distant hill, he could hear Hooty the Owl close by him 
snap Jack Frost was busy snapping sticks. Down in the white meadows, he could see Jimmy Skunk prowling about. Once he heard a ro- rooster crow sleepily in Farmer Brown's henhouse, but he thought of Bowser the Hound, and though his mouth watered, he did not dare a closer acquaintance with the big dog. So he sat still and barked, and pretty soon he forgot all else but Mr. Smooth and the sound of his own voice. Now Bowser the Hound had managed to slip his collar. Aha, thought Bowser, now I'll teach Reddy Fox to make fun of me. And like a shadow, he slipped through the fence and across the white meadows toward the lone pine. Reddy Fox had just barked for the hundredth time when he heard a twig crack just in front of him. It had a different sound from the noisy crack of Jack Frost, and Reddy stopped a yap right in the middle and whirled around to see what it might be. There was Bowser the Hound, almost upon him, his eyes flashing fire, his great red jaws wide open, and every hair on his back bristling with rage. Reddy Fox did not wait to say good evening or to see more. Oh, no, he turned a back somersault, and away he sped over the hard, snowy crust as fast as his legs could carry him. Bowser baying at the moon he liked to hear, but Bowser baying at Heels was another matter, and Reddy ran as he had never run before. Down across the white meadows, he said, Bowser frightening all the echoes with the roar of his big voice as he followed in full cry. How Reddy did wish that he had minded Mother Fox. How safe and snug and warm was his home under the roots of the old hickory tree, and how he did wish he were safely there. But it would never do to go there now, for that would tell Bowser where he lived, and Bowser would take Farmer Brown there, and that would be the end of Reddy Fox and Mother Fox and all the brother and sister foxes. So Reddy twisted and turned and ran this way and ran that way, and the longer he ran, the shorter his breath grew. It was coming in great pants now. His bushy tail, of which he was so proud, had become very heavy. How Reddy Fox did wish and wish that he had minded Mother Fox. He twisted and turned and dabbled his way and that way, and the hound got closer and closer. Now, way off on the hill behind the white meadows, Mother Fox had been hunting for her supper. She'd heard the yup, yup, yup of Reddy Fox as he barked at the moon, and she'd heard Bowser baying over the barnyard of Farmer, or Farmer Brown, and then she heard the yup of Reddy Fox cut short in the middle, and the roar of Bowser's big voice as he started to chase Reddy Fox. She knew that Reddy could run fast, but she also knew Bowser the Hound had a wonderful nose and that Bowser would never give up. So Mother Fox patted down to the crooked little path into the, big, into the white meadows where she could see the chase. And when she got near enough, she barked twice to tell Reddy she was helping. Now, Reddy Fox was so tired that he was almost in despair when he heard Mother Fox bark. But he knew Mother Fox was so wise, and she had so often fooled Bowser the Hound that if she could hold out just a little longer, she would help him. So for a few minutes, he ran faster than ever, and he gained a long way on Bowser the Hound. As he passed the shock of corn that had been left standing in the white meadow, behind it. Go home, Reddy Fox. And she said she sharply, 
go home and stay there until I come. Then she deliberately sat down in front of the shock of corn to wait until Bowser the Hound came in sight. Now Bowser the Hound kept his eyes and nose in the track of Reddy Fox, looking up only once in a while to see where he was going. So he did not see Reddy Fox slip behind the corn shock. And when he did look up, he saw only Mother Fox sitting there waiting for him. Now Bowser the Hound thinks slowly. When he saw old Mother Fox sitting there, he did not stop to think that it was not Reddy Fox whom he had been following, or really he would have known better than to waste his time following old Mother Fox. He would have just hunted around until he found out where Reddy had gone to. But Bowser the Hound thinks slowly, and when he saw old Mother Fox sitting there, he thought it was Reddy Fox, but now he had him. With a great roar of his big voice, he sprang forward. Mother Fox waited until he was almost upon her, and then springing to one side, she trotted off a little way. And once Bowser the Hound started after her, she pretended to be very tired. Every time he rushed forward, she managed to just slip out of his grasp. Little by little, she led him across the white meadows back towards Farmer Brown's barnyard. Pretty soon, old Mother Fox began to run as fast as she could, and that is very fast indeed. She left Bowser the Hound a long, long way behind. When she came to a stone wall, she jumped up on the stone wall and ran along it, just like a squirrel. Once every once in a while, she would make a long jump and then trot along a little way again. She knew that stones do not carry the scent well, and the and that Bowser the Hound would have to hard work to smell her on the old stone wall. Way down at the end of the pasture, an old apple tree stretched a long limb out towards the stone wall. When she got opposite to this, she jumped onto the long limb and ran in, in, up into the tree. There, in the crotch, close to the trunk, she sat and watched. Bowser the Hound, making a tremendous noise, followed her trail up stone wall. Then he was puzzled. He sniffed this way. He sniffed that way. But he could not tell where Mother Fox had disappeared to. He looked up at Old Mother Moon and bayed and bayed. But Old Mother Moon did not help him a bit. Then he jumped over the stone wall and looked and looked and smelled and smelled, but no track of Mother Fox could he find. Then he ran up along the stone wall a little way and then down along the stone wall a little way, but he still could not find a track of Mother Fox. The longer he hunted, the angrier he grew. Old Mother Fox, sitting in the apple tree, watched him and laughed and laughed to herself. Then, when she grew tired of watching him, she made a long jump out into the field and trotted off home to punish Reddy Fox for his disobedience. And when she got there, she found Reddy Fox very ashamed, very tired, and very sorrowful. And since that time, Reddy Fox has never barked at Mr. Smooth. And I guess that means that is it for today. Thank you very much for joining me on Trendle Bed Tales. I hope you enjoyed our read aloud with me, and I hope that you will check back for more episodes of Trundle Bed Tales and maybe some more of Weather, Mother West Wind's children because I certainly do enjoy all the people of the Green Meadows 
and the green forest. And I hope you do too. I'm sure Laura would. So look for us next time. And that should be February 7th when we are here for Laura Ingalls Wilder's birthday. Uh, Be sure to join us then. And to, uh, in the meantime, send uh, around any ideas or stories you want me to read. If you uh, can't get on the air at that time live or you don't feel comfortable talking on air, then you can go ahead and email them to me at info at at info at trundlebedtales.com. Thank you very much, and always remember to brighten the corner where you are. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.